what is the tangible use case for artificial intelligence within my organization? You can be the best organization in the world, but people work for people. So anything that we can do to help remove some of that stress using tools, using the artificial intelligence at the desktop makes that agent experience slightly better. It's been a while and we're back at the Irish Pod. We're here at the Call of Contact Centre Expo 2023 and we're recording this very special podcast series all about the CX trends to look out for as we go into 2024. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Simon Broadbent. Thank you. Who's Good to be here. VP Mia for NICE. Correct. Tell us a little bit about that, Simon. Good to see you again, by the way. Yeah, you too. You too. So, um, yes, yeah, seven months into um, into the role now, um, having spent 20 years in, in the contact industry. So it's interesting. I did, um, I did the keynote, as you know, earlier on today. And, um, yeah, looking out into the, into the audience, um, I think I've probably sold to a third of them, are currently trying to sell to a third of them and worked with the other third in the audience. So it's, uh, it's like coming home. Um, you know, these events are always for the, the, the same people. But um, yeah, I look after our enterprise business across EMEA. Um, enterprise for NICE is anything over 500 seats, um, which is kind of the, the, the top end of town um, and full suite. So everything from financial compliance all the way through to the, the really exciting, sexy, general stuff that we're, we're bringing to market um, at the moment. And that's the topic I think we'll delve into most today is AI. And it seems like everybody here is uh, is doing something with AI. There's various flavors of it. And we've added a G into AGI now. Yeah. And I kind of sometimes yeah. wonder whether we're just putting labels on yeah. things without truly understanding what's under the hood. So yeah. what's your sense on Look, where we're at with AI for contact center and CX? I, I think... Um, I think certainly for the first six months, it was the emperor's new clothes, right? Yes. Everybody was jumping on the AI bandwagon. Um, I think organizations felt that if they didn't have some kind of AI capability in portfolio, they were going to get left behind. They weren't going to be taken seriously. I think consumers were being pushed by market forces to try and find a way of fitting AI into their business model. Um, and I don't think anybody really succeeded, if I'm honest with you. You know, we saw a lot of organizations scale up very, very quickly. Um, you know, they took on board investment from PE, um, which hasn't, hasn't worked out for, for a lot of them. But I think for a long time, people were really struggling to understand what is the tangible use case for artificial intelligence within my organization. Um, and I think once they understood where AI could potentially impact the business from a positive perspective, it opened a whole kind of worms, right? Because all of a sudden people started to get a little bit scared about, well, you know, what about my brand? You know, I've spent all this time, you know, and energy building brand value. Why would I let AI suddenly loose on my customers, creating content, um, you know, answering questions that might not be within the brand guidelines? Um, so I think we're, we're kind of at that point now where the market has settled down a little bit. People are starting to be a little bit more focused on the AI solution sets that they're taking. So real use cases, real value proposition, fixing real problems. Um, you know, we are now understanding how we put guardrails around the data to make sure that we're protecting the brand. But you know, it's phenomenal to see how quickly AI has gone from being you know something that Elon Musk and his mates were talking about you know ten years ago in a cupboard. To, to now, you know, my mum understands what AI is, 
you know, ChatGPT has done more for the democratization of AI than the marketing ever could do, right? Yeah. Um, I think for the first 10 years of my career, my mom thought I sold mobile phones. Um, but you know, <laughs> she, she now kind of gets, gets what AI is and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's accessible. Yeah. It was, uh, it was quite an interesting few weeks for, for that company. I oh. mean, what a crazy roller coaster that was. Yeah. And you kind of see, in a way, maybe everyone's trying to scamper to get their slice of the pie, yeah. right? And they had a pretty big slice of the mind share, certainly yeah. out there. And maybe some people had different visions for where that company could go. Yeah, look, you know, they were, they were first to market. And in, in, in our game, being first to market with a product that works, yeah, yeah. Um, is, is, is key. Uh, and they were they were first to market. They launched at a, a, a really really um, strategic time. Um, I think obviously they they knew that you know Bard and the other platforms were about to to launch uh, and got in there first. You know Sam Almond did an amazing job, right? And he's loved by his people. And if that scenario that we saw unfolding over the last two weeks uh, tells us nothing, yeah, you know people work for people, and the fact 100%. that you know, the fact that you know the 95% of his workforce signed a petition and said they'd leave if he wasn't reinstated by the board. It just tells you that you can be the best organization in the world, but people work for people. Yeah, and actually, probably quite an interesting parallel to AI and it being perceived by many as being a uh, degradation of humanity and potentially yeah. incredibly um, scary and potentially kind of world-ending. Yeah. And there's, you know, maybe limited... I don't know, regulation around it. What, what do you think on the flip side of the things, the warning signs to look out for? Yeah. Look, I, I think anything left unchecked or without guidance, regulation or guardrails has the, you know, uh, propensity to, you know, be bad. Um, you know, AI is no different. At the end of the day, AI is just an algorithm, right? It's just a series of algorithms without the data it does nothing, yeah. Um, yeah, we're seeing and predicting that you know AI in the future will start to form its own communities, so that it starts to communicate. That's a little bit scary, um, you know, when you've got an AI entity reaching out to another AI entity and sharing information. Skynet. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, listen, what we're seeing now, you know, was predicted years and years ago yeah. in the movies, right? Um, 100%. But I think the, the, the difference now compared to where we were 18 months ago is that you know, we, we understand the need to put these guardrails around it. Um, will it become regulated? I hope not. I hope not because then it kind of takes the, the power of AI and Gen AI and puts it in the hands of the regulators. Um, and that gives them a lot more power than, than they maybe should have. Um, but we, you know, we, need to, we need to use it cautiously. Um, you know, it's not just something we can just throw into a, an organization or an enterprise and uh, and let it run riot. Yeah. Uh, but I think no one really truly understands where it's going to go, and that's the, that's kind of a scary thing. It's interesting that you get people like Elon Musk, who's you know benefited significantly from tech investments, um, and I you know put him up there with some of the the, you know, the the best of the tech savants, pushing against it instead of actually trying to monetize it. That that, that tells me something. Quite interesting, that isn't it? And maybe you know he's a, he's um, a master of taking, I mean, he's a genius, he's yeah. a genius, but he's kind of built businesses off of someone else's idea, actually, in many instances. And a and hundred million loan from his dad. And a hundred million loan from, from, his, <laughs> from his dad, which helps. Um, uh, 
and maybe he'll jump on it when he sees the niche that it will. Maybe he's got a master plan which is creating all this fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and then he's going to come in and yeah, you know, the the you know the, the, the knight on the white horse that, that saves everybody from the perils of of AI, right? And then make a shitload of money out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, watch the space. It wouldn't surprise me. He will have a plan. In terms of, it's kind of interesting to then lead into value, and and sometimes I wonder whether. You know, like you said, the emperor's new clothes. There's, there's always something that's the next big thing. But where's the actual value? What's the actual value to businesses and their customers in this space, this event right here? How does AI help me as a, as a customer of a big brand? So, in in many many ways, and you know, you can talk about the cost out, revenue up implications of using AI to be more efficient. Yeah, to um, you know, allow you to do the same with less or more with the same. Um, but where where we really see it adding value is when we start to look at specifically use cases that both benefit the the, the, the brand, the customer brand, and the customer. So if you look at something like um, customer vulnerability, right? Okay, you know, we have enlightened models. Not, not plugging uh, or selling, but yeah, we have a series of enlightened models that we have built using AI from billions and billions of interactions, CX-specific interactions. And I talked today about the fact that AI needs to be purpose-built for CX. It can't just be built from information that's publicly available on the uh, on the internet. Yeah. So, so we have all the all this data that we've been collecting over the last 20 years. You know, we we started off as an interaction capture business, as you know. Um, so. If you think about the ability to create models that real time will predict and alert when a conversation between an advisor and an end customer um, meets certain thresholds and characteristics that would determine that, that customer is vulnerable and then treat them in a different way completely, I think is a, a real you know plus point. Um, you know we can look at using AI to um, you know, summarize the call at the end of a conversation with, a, with an advisor or an agent and automatically populate that into a system of record, a CRM platform, which saves three or four minutes of wrap-up time at the end of every call, meaning that either the agents get more rest, more break time between, uh, between calls, or depending on how they're driven, they get to more calls in a day. Um, but there's, there's lots of practical applications. You know, we've got out of the box, over 200 enlightened models to fix specific business use cases using AI. Um, but you know, I think some of the more interesting ones are things like fraud detection, market manipulation, you know, um, scammers. It's a huge thing. You know, there's so many different scams going out there now across every different type of media. You know, whether it be voice, mobile, email, you know, SMS. There's always somebody trying to fish and scam you. You know, using AI to to really start to delve into the root cause of those communications and try and fix that, I think so a real possible as well. Yeah, I got one this morning. I woke up, I woke up to a message which said, hello mum, my screen's gone from dropping my phone mum, please text me on my new number when you get this. <laughs> yeah. I think they've messaged the wrong person. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure. And then the next thing will be, I need £100 to get it fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might lead them on for a while. I might message yeah, yeah. them and just play a little bit of a game with them yeah. for a while. No, you're right. I think it's quite interesting that you picked up on the um, the vulnerable customer, but then also on the agent side, yeah. give time back, 100%. make their job more efficient, reduce the number of 
repetitive tasks make the agent experience great. Exactly, and that, that's that's kind of the the, the other side of the um, uh, of the coin, right? So you know, we, we often talk about AI benefiting and impacting the consumer, yeah, either by making that interaction better, more efficient, um, you know, more enriched with data. But you know, we're also using it to make the the agent life more, ex you know, more um, experienced. Um, so you know, if you think about the consumers today, you know, they're better researched than ever before. By the time they're calling the contact center, usually it's because they've got a problem. And secondly, they probably know as much about the products as you do because they've gone online, they've gone on the various different communities, they've researched it, etc., etc. So, so agents have got to be super agents these days. You know, they can't just be. You know, your standard scripted agent. Um, so, you know, using AI to be able to, again, listen to the call and prompt the agent real time um, with next best actions or, you know, guiding them to pieces of information based on not what they're hearing, but what the AI thinks it's going to hear next based on all these other different conversational flows and making sure that agent experience is as stress-free and as efficient as possible is really important as well. Because you know, organizations, uh, particularly contact center and, uh, and BPO organizations, their biggest challenge is churn, agent churn. Yeah? You know, they, they bring agents in, uh, they spend a lot of money getting them up to speed in the first eight weeks of their, their career, and it's a really, really stressful job. So anything that we can do to help remove some of that stress using tools, using the you know, artificial intelligence at the desktop, using robots on the desktop to um, help form fill or predict which forms are going to fill in next, yeah, makes that agent experience slightly better. And if that sends them home happier, you know, gives them more satisfaction in their job, keeps them in the job for you know, longer with that employee, then it's a great thing. Happy agents, happy customers, right? Well, exactly. And, you know, again, EE tomorrow, you know, Matt's talking about can you have ESAT without CSAT? I don't think you can. No. Yeah. No, that's, it's crucial. And something that, you know, we bang on about a lot that, you know, before you could ever have a happy customer, you got it. Your agent is the last line of defense of your brand, they really. Are, they, they are, and, and it's also, it's, you're at your most vulnerable when you speak to an agent, right? Uh, yeah. from, a, from a brand perspective, because I don't know that you haven't been out with your mates that night before and, you know, had a few too many and, you know, got up late for work, kicked the dog and came in and you're in a foul mood, right? Um, but you, we entrust our brand with, with agents. Um, and agents are human beings at the end of the day, yeah? And they're subject to all the, the pressures that, that, that we get subjected to. So anything that we can help them uh, do to, you know, make their work experience better, their customers' experience better, you know, impact, you know, MPS, impact CSAT, impact ESAT. I think um, it's good that we're talking a lot about the agent, because I think in a conversation about AI, because a lot of the perception around AI is that it's taking people's jobs away. It's automating, it's making people have information and resolution of problems at their fingertips without ever speaking to somebody. But, you know, in our, our keynote in this, uh, in this uh, session today is around the premiumization of, of voice. Yeah. Actually, where does voice sit in amongst AI? Still going, still yeah, growing? No, so, so um, I wouldn't suggest that it will continue to grow. I think you will see AI and self-service capability continue to increase. Yeah. Um, will it take jobs? It's difficult to predict. I think I think agents will be repurposed across businesses. But you only need to try phone any contact center in the world, 
and wait for 20 minutes before you get answered to realize that we've actually got more calls than we have agents at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the quick win for a lot of organizations is taking away that 20 minute wait time and actually having those customers transacting and self-serving digitally using AI. Um, but to your point, I think, I think voice will become a premium. I think, you know, when you finally get through to an agent, um, you know, they will be expected to be a single, you know, one-stop shop uh, for any problem that you have. And again, that's where you're really going to need to make sure those agents are super agents. They have access to every single bit of information and can handle every single query. Because if you've gone through a self-service journey and still ended up speaking to an agent, you know, you need to make sure that you've got a resolution problem. Yeah, absolutely. So some rapid fire stuff for 2024. Um, what's your kind of new technology to look out for in 2024, AI or otherwise? No, so what's our new technology? Um, so AI, but using AI to uh, augment outbound. Uh, so we bought a company called Livebox. We're just going through the uh, uh, the, the, the merger of the two organisations, um, which will be closed by the end of uh, end of the year. But but you know we talk a lot about using AI for inbound, um, but using AI to augment outbound capability as well. So that's going to be a really really big push. Um, we touched on on auto summary, but you know, looking at a series of efficiency tools to um, remove some of that mundane day-to-day -day tasks that agents are doing at the end of every call uh, is going to be big for us, and that's and that's a really really quick win, right? It's a really quick win, and it's cross-platform. It's not just on a nice platform. We can deliver it onto onto any single platform. So if you're a Genesis customer, an Avaya customer, whatever, we can do it. So that kind of opens the the market up for us. We're, um, we do some really, really cool stuff around being able to predict um, which customer journeys are most likely to be served by a self-serve route. So looking at um, almost billions of interactions and working out which of them are you know, scored highest to be able to, to self-serve and create that self-serve um, route for them. That's really exciting. Um, but also I think, you know, moving away from the AI stuff, um, we're going to have our best quarter ever this quarter. And that quarter is being driven by selling CCAS into large-scale enterprise customers, which, you know, we've come from a, certainly outside of the UK, a, a mid-market commercial space. Um, but our focus for 24 is, you know, really going after those big enterprise contact centers that are now looking to move from legacy on-prem technology um, into the cloud and that there isn't anybody with the, the depth and breadth of portfolio that the nicest out. So um, that's really exciting getting into that space as well. Excellent. Um, biggest left field prediction for 2024, kind of David Cameron re-entering frontline yeah, politics I mean, I mean, level of got, left field. Who, 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 saw, who saw that coming? Or who right saw field that based on. Yeah, who saw that coming? <laughs> um, I think you see some more consolidation. I think you'll see some of the the big players that may be on here exhibiting as we'd expect them to be looking um, looking to sell or IPO um, Genesis. Um, I think we might have to blank that bit out of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, I th yeah. I think you'll see consolidation. I think you see a couple of the really really big brands either get sold or IPO this year uh, or next year, should I say? Um, I think you'll see a lot of AI companies probably disappear from our, um, our vision. Uh, you know, there's a number of guys out there that are really, really struggling. Um, and you can never, um, you can never um, you know, turn you back on Microsoft, right? You know, I think they're really starting to build 
uh, a strong business around AI and Copilot and everything else that sits around that. So, yeah, watch um, watch the space for more Microsoft um, action in the uh, in the CX arena. Yeah. Well, we hope um, the voice isolation will be um, one of the AIs to watch in in 2024. Uh, it, it, it will be right, and uh, you know one of the reasons we're having this conversation is because of the partnership that we're entering into, right? And um, you know, I'm really excited about where where that goes. Um, you know, I think there's some very, very exciting practical applications in using that technology, um, not just in the, the content center world, but then in the analytics world as well. Yeah, absolutely. Simon, let's wrap up with a hidden known fact about you um, that people might, may or may not right. know about Simon Broadman. Um, I grew up in Nigeria. You grew up in Nigeria. That yeah, is left field. That is left field. That is left field. I was on the uh, one of the last planes out of Lagos Airport when the... Uh, the coup happened in 1977. So, My gosh. Uh, there we go. That is. There you go. I don't speak Nigerian. We have a couple of clients over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got a couple of clients over there yeah. as well. You can have our clients out there Excellent. if you want them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll compare notes. Simon, thanks so much for joining us. You're very welcome. We really appreciate it. you taking the time. And uh, good luck for the rest of the show. Thank you. You and too. And we'll uh, stay close in 2024. Definitely. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Iris Pod, this CX24 prediction series. We'll have more guests coming up. Speak to you soon.